This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is a show. If I step a stone, should I let go? Should I let go? Should I go slow? Cause I gotta know now. Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I am your host, Megan Batune, and today, from the comfort of our own homes, thank you, quarantine, we have Ashley Nell Tipton in her beautiful jungle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) How many plants do you think you have? Oh, okay. Me and my roommate just counted (laughs) like a month ago. We had maybe 60 in, no. 50 are in you house. kidding yeah what I mean how do you know what to do how are how are they still there like I have three and they've been gone since the minute I oh my god then there's some over here we just moved and then we have some over here we just took them out of this living room which we had a bunch of them and wow. we kind of broke them up this is amazing but I truly think plants are like a way of healing um yeah it gives you a new hobby um it's to me I feel like it's a sense of self-care because these plants are taking care of me by providing me with such positive energy clean air and Mm -hmm. I don't know it just does something to me to keep something alive to watch over I don't have any pets no kids no nothing just my business and my boyfriend and like my plants. So I just, I don't know. I love doing them and taking care of them and seeing them mostly because they give me so much goodness. <laughs> totally. Have you ever felt like if you're in a place that you need people to support you, like if you're in a down spot and your friends are loving on you, the the one thing that I've realized is I feel really good when I'm there for somebody else. And like, I can't really get out of my own head unless I focus out and I go, oh, that person needs help too. And so if I can put my stuff on the the shelf because they're here for me, I can be there for them. And then I feel better. Have you ever felt that way? Most definitely. It's like the same with plants. It is like, I've never grew up with uh, uh, plants or me taking care of plants and my family always had plants around me, my grandmother, my mom, and I didn't really have any animals to take care of. And I feel like this is like a sense of responsibility. Like you can't forget about them or they're all going to die. And like, 
Yeah. During the process, you find out if you have a brown thumb or a green thumb. (laughs) And it's very apparent which color your thumbs are. I mean, it surprised me. I was really surprised. What's been another thing that surprised you that you were good at that you didn't think you would be? Cooking. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because my mom is such an amazing cook that I hated being in the kitchen with her. I'm like, you're so good at it. Why do I need to be in here? But... (laughs) It was her way of trying to teach me how to cook because one day I would have to do it. And she was like, no man's going to love you if you don't know how to cook. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) Um, But I I do believe that it does help like that you do know how to cook because then how are you supposed to eat? So um, that was one thing that I was surprised about doing. And that's self-care too. Like I feel I have almost zero plants in my house. Like, thank God these little fluffy, I think they're called pompous grass. Like these little like fluttery Instagram flowers are in now. I'm like, thank God. Like (laughs) I have to do nothing. All I got to do is like lint roll and vacuum. I can do that. Um, And so I feel like cooking is a very similar way of self-care too. Like you're feeding your, literally feeding your body and your soul by doing it. And you find new things like I, we all struggle with it, like cooking or not knowing how to cook. And it's like, we have to eat every day. We need to provide ourselves with something. And it's either we like pick something that's healthy or unhealthy. And I'm always trying to find new stuff that I actually like to eat. Cause there's moments where I'll cook something and I'm like, Oh, this is going to taste really good. And then <laughs> when I eat it, I'm like, I'm not even hungry anymore. Oh <laughs> Why my, did I it's do like this? That. That's when you slather it with tapatio. I've been there. I'm like, Mm-mm, cover this flavor up. Right. I, I made an egg sandwich for myself the other day. And I was like, this looks like a masterpiece. It's beautiful. And then when I bit into it, I was like, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, for everyone listening, you may know Ashley from winning Project Runway season 14 or from her own clothing line in Jewelry Lines, which we will get into a little bit later because I'm so fascinated. But after a quick internet stalk, I do this for all my guests, and I found (laughs) out that you are really good at axe throwing. (laughs) I guess, apparently. (laughs) I've only done it once in my life, and when I did it, um, I mean, I, I, I felt like a natural at it. Really? <laughs> Are mean, you good I, at general um, hand-eye coordination, like pool or bowling? I feel like I am bowling. I don't know about that. I think I have, um, when I'm bowling, I'm scared that I'm going to rip my nails off. So I don't oh, feel yeah. like I do as well <laughs> in that. Sure. I would play sports all the time as a kid. I love playing tennis, uh, soccer. So I think just doing something that could either be competitive or Mm. some type of sport. I love getting into it and making sure that I'm stepping or doing the motions correctly. So I'll keep practicing and practicing until I get it. I think that's why I love doing it. Wow. Do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That would make sense. <laughs> I was, like, I, I was going to be like, oh lie. my God, that's so, I feel like a lot of artists that work with, I mean, you're working with measurements. If you're off a half an, half an inch, I mean, if you're off a millimeter, like th- the yeah. zipper's not going to zip, you know, so you kind of have to be a perfectionist being a, a garment maker, being a designer. Exactly. Like, I guess there, you have to find 
a happy medium with it being a perfectionist and also a procrastinator because being creative we're constantly procrastinating because we know what our abilities are and we know that when there's less time we'll do it like yeah so like when a deadline happens we're on exactly so we have this happy medium but I think it's figuring out what you should be a perfectionist at and what you don't need to be nitpicking at. Like, thank God that I have a manager who helps me out with breaking all these tasks that I have to do every day and things that need to be done. And he was like, you're such a perfectionist. So when you asked me, are you a perfectionist? His voice literally popped up in my head. And he constantly (laughs) reminds me, Ashley, you're a perfectionist. Like, that's why I don't give you all these projects because you'll wind up taking so long to do it because you want it the right way when the right way was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you take so much time on that project and you get it to what you think is perfect, once it gets out there, sometimes it doesn't get the same response that you thought it was going to get. So then that's when we take our work very personal. And that's when we have to choose what should we be a perfectionist at or, yeah, like what's going to kill us at the moment and what's not. That's, I always, I struggle with that my entire life. And I remember like one of, I have not written any books yet, but I've started a few and I was like, I get so into it. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But one of the first ones, I think like the first chapter, the introduction was me making a case for perfectionism. I was like, this is why it's good. Because I feel like to be perfectionistic, you're taking so much pride in something and whatever it's gonna be, it's gonna be great because you took the attention to detail, like the time in order mm-hmm. to make sure it was there. And then it's this, your own personal built-in quality control. Like a non-perfectionist could make something and it wouldn't it like break or not work. And, but like a perfectionist, you can, you can bet on it being good. And so like, it is to our own detriment though, because you're right, there's, there's a, I kind of like a parable that's like, would you rather have four phones at a hundred percent or like, I don't know, 10 phones at 20% that are all going to die. And yeah, it's like, it's like looking at the glass half or half empty. It's all what we see in mm-hmm. our eyes. And sometimes you do have to ask the other person, like, do you see what I'm seeing or is it okay? Like sometimes I will just, overthink situations and then I'll pass it on to my assistant and yeah. if they don't see what I'm seeing I'm like Ashley let it go let it oh go Oh my god dude yes I remember a couple years ago I was doing a print I do calligraphy and I was doing mm-hmm. a print where one of the words was in color and I was trying out this new printer and they gave us four different versions of the yellow that I was looking for like this golden yellow and each of the the pictures was maybe like two millimeters of a difference of a color of a shade Mm -hmm. of yellow. And I was holding like four of them up in different lighting in my office. And I had one of my assistants come up and she was like, I literally am looking at the same thing. And I was like, these are different. It's like that devil wears Prada um, blue belt scene. And she goes into that whole monologue, which I love on my to-do list to memorize. But that's so funny. And like, it is huge to people that are so in tune and like have their hearts on the line for it. And you're right. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. They're the same yellow. I, I, 
I go through this. I probably remind myself once a day or my my team. I don't know if they hate me for this, <laughs> but I'll say I don't care. Like Ooh. you make the decision. Ah, It's not saying like I can care less, like I don't care, but it's like, or I'll say I don't have an opinion. Ooh, that's a boss move. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it might be like, I don't have an opinion. That's what I mean. It's not that I don't care. It's just like, I have more things to worry about right now mm -hmm. versus what color thread you should use on that project. Like, yeah, I've taught you enough that you should know. And I'm going right. to let you make that decision, you know? So it's just like, I guess in 2020, I've learned so much how to juggle like what I should stress on and what I shouldn't be stressing on or what I should be a perfection on and what I shouldn't. So yeah. How lot. do you decide for, for anyone listening, how can other people decide what to spend a lot of their emotional energy on? Do you think like what's helped you in your specific circumstance of being like, I do not care about that thread. And I also have given you all the tools in order for you to be the one to make this decision. Like, how do you, how do you decide which things to care about more than others? Um, I think it's prioritizing myself, like trying to figure what's the bigger picture. Mm. And right now we've been making masks and my whole thing is we're just trying to get masks out there. And who cares if, I mean, so we were having these uh, Frida masks and the print, you know, has different Frida faces and me trying to be a perfectionist. I'm like, I got to cut them out. Right. I got to make sure that every mask is different and it has her face. And it's like, you do realize the more time you try to be a perfectionist, it's going to cost you. So you just need to like get it done. So I think of like how much time it's going to take me. Um, is it going to stress me out? Like, do I just pass on this project to somebody else who I trust that can handle it? So it's like knowing what you can handle and what you can't handle. Mm -hmm. Um and just knowing that you have a team to support you. Like I'm still learning as I go. Um, but I'm happy to be put in these situations and to learn from my mistakes. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I think that having the support is so important. And like, even for people that don't have a team of like managers or agents or assistants, your team is your family. Your team is your group yeah, of exactly. friends. So like they're here to support you. If you, you think that you have to do it alone, like you don't have to, you have all these people in your corner that are waiting to be like called upon, you know, people have, they feel so good about themselves when they can help someone that they love. So people are waiting to feel good. And I feel like I need to be telling myself this. I only recently have started asking for help. And it's only when I'm at my wits end, when like I'm on the last thread is yeah. where I'll call someone and be like, can you please help me with this thing that you've been offering for literally our entire friendship? And it starts to feel good because then I'm like, oh, they weren't, it wasn't like a blanket statement or, or a, you know, empty offer. They really want to be here for you. Yeah. And it feels so good to not have to do it all by yourself. And for so long, yeah. I thought I was stronger because I did do everything myself or that I could. Yeah. And that's another thing is like knowing what your capacity is. 
knowing where you either have to say no or you have to stop because you're going to wind up burning yourself out. And why burn yourself out when you can do it just the more peaceful, calm way? I don't know. Like during this whole pandemic and the whole mask um, industry popping up and us having to make masks and not having supplies because everything's shut down. It's like, I've had to learn what to cry and break down about and what <laughs> don't waste my time. Like it's been an interesting, you know, trying to be in reality and then also trying to um, build a business or just take your business where it needs to go to be able to support what it is that you're doing. Um, because totally. like before all this pandemic, I, I felt like for the last three years, I haven't been doing anything but trying to run a business mm. and trying to like hold my head above waters. And now yeah. that all of this has happened, it's like I've had to throw myself into all this work, which is beautiful and like try to help people and donate masks and everything. And it's just really taught me so much patience, how to not be a procrastinator, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, not a perfectionist and knowing when to ask for help or I don't know how to do this or can you help me find this or that? Like, it's just having trust in people. Oh my God, that just is trust. huge. Trust is so huge. And I feel like once we are burned once, it's like something in our neurobiology. Is that a word? Who knows? Like <laughs> something in our minds and our bodies. If neurobiology isn't something, I'm making it something because I'm merging mind and body in one. But yes. something in us changes on a molecular level of not being able to trust people in the same way. Like after you get your heart broken, you can't love the same probably ever. Like I've always said, like the first love is so unique and probably very unhealthy. But like, you know, I'm not saying that the loves that you have in your later in life, those are probably more real loves. But yeah. the first love is just like this unadulterated kind of just balls to the wall, no holds barred kind of dangerous, unconditional love, really. But like after you get your first heart broke, your first heart, like how many hearts do you have? <laughs> how do you right. get your how do you get your heart broken for the first time? You learn to not let yourself do some of those things. And that's like learning from your mistakes. So I feel like trust is so easy to have. And then as soon as you break it, it takes forever to build back up. And especially in a team setting, it's like we have so many trust issues and it's just, we're all just trying to figure out how to break down all of our walls to get back to how we were when we were loving for the first time. And no, and, and everything you're saying is, so true. Um, I, my manager has had to teach me how to be able to trust again, mm -hmm. because as human beings, we're so used to being hurt once that we try so hard the next time to not get hurt again, but we end up sabotaging ourselves. Yes. So it's just coming into the relationship already having trust and not making that other person um, try to make up for what that last person did to you to lose your trust. Like, yeah, um, I'm so glad we're it's talking about this because I have a love you class that I was teaching before the pandemic had happened. And 
Um, it was all about um, loving yourself and no, knowing the difference between um, need, wants, and have um, trusting, like, a, what is the fear of losing trust and mm. the fear of certain things and just like how you live your life in the fear and the unknown. And I don't know, it's just a whole another way of thinking um, about certain situations and him teaching me how to trust again. It's just like this, it was like those weight off of the shoulders of like, you don't have to stress yourself out. And the next time you're in that situation, like you just have to walk in, in it fresh, mm. let go of all those insecurities. <clears throat> Cause once you handle them, you're not going to drag them on into the next relationship. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. It's like, <laughs> it totally does. I think that there, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but there's a saying that's like, don't bleed. If you don't heal yourself, you're going to bleed on someone who didn't cut you. And it's almost like somebody yes. else racking up a bunch of credit card debt and then them like disappearing and you still having all these bills. And then the next person that is in a space with you, you're like, Hey, can you pay all these bills that somebody racked this debt up in? And they're like, no, like here's a charge for a car that I can't use. Here's a chart or a charge for uh, an apartment that I'm not living in. Like, why would I pay for all these dues if I didn't rack them up? And that's what we exactly. do when we get into relationships and we haven't healed ourselves from being hurt by somebody else. It's, it's not their load to bear. It's not their fault. Like you yeah, put this, you gave them a job that they didn't sign up for. Right. Like I didn't apply for this. Why am I no, CEO yeah. of feeling bad? <laughs> exactly. Oh, after and we all do it. Yeah. And after I learned that, I what I did was just practice making sure I didn't do it to the next relationship I was or took the way that that person made me feel in the relationship and then throw it back into the next relationship. Cause I was so used to getting that, that I was like, yes. How come that's not in this relationship. So maybe the right thing to do is put that kind of insecurity on him. Like, right. It's, it's so weird how um, yeah. past situations or things that have built you up to losing your trust on certain situations, how it, interferes in your life and creates fear for ongoing situations. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly what you were saying. It was like a telephone of emotions. It's like you would do it to this person because somebody did it to you. Someone had done it to them. And then you've got to like break the cycle. It's, it's the same thing of, you know, someone going to therapy for the first time, if their whole lineage is very against it, it's like, you're doing the one thing that changes or else you're just going to follow in suit of everything that's been modeled before you. And you got to yeah, be the like, one. Like, why do you think things are going to go differently if you continue doing the same thing, like hoping for a different result when it all starts from you? Mm hmm. We're it took me reaching today. <laughs> <laughs> we totally are. I like it's taken me so long to f get to this point, but I feel like I'm literally on a mountain. Like I just had a therapy session online and I was like, it's like brighter on this side. And it was like, it really, it's crazy. I was like those people that write in those positivity books, like they're not just trying to sell copies. Like they, they know what they're talking about and it's true. Like we, there's so much 
darkness in the world and in all of our lives, we ebb and flow and we get really deep. And especially if you have any experience with anxiety or depression, like we can feel how deep it actually goes. But it's so good to know that it does exist. Like brightness does exist. The other side is there, even if we can't see it. It, I feel like it's so, no, I don't want to say that. It's um, it's very new and hard when you're trying to get there. Of course. And it can be scary because it's the unknown. But then once you do something that makes you feel uncomfortable it's like this leap that you go over and you feel so accomplished when you get there that you never want to go back. Mm -hmm. So having this new change of the way that I think or how I like to say is like rewiring my brain to think differently because we've all been programmed a certain way to think um, because of the way we've been raised. So being able to rewire my mind and not think the way that I used to is so freeing. So freeing. The best gift you can ever receive. Give yourself like we are trapped in our own minds Mm -hmm. and we constantly are thinking about things, especially when you are by yourself and you're at home and social distancing and all you have is the internet and TV and your mind is constantly being consumed by these ideals, things that we're supposed to be doing or we're supposed to already be at in our lives. And when I say ideals, it's these impressions that we put on ourselves that we should be in a certain situation or a certain place in our lives because we put these ideal dates, positions, whatever in our way. And it's like, we we're constantly in our minds and we stress ourselves out for no reason when no one's holding us accountable, but ourselves, like we're build, we're making us are making ourselves work harder than we should be. And like, why? why? We all do that. Absolutely. I have no idea. If you, if anyone listening has an idea, please let us know. (laughs) Yeah. Like I had a friend tell me, he was like, um, I need to have kids when I'm 30. And I'm like, Mm. why? Who told you? Like, you need to have kids by 30. Like if you don't have kids by 30, what's going to happen? Are you a bad person? You can't have kids anymore. Like you're going to have bad luck for the rest of your life. Like what? Yeah. Like superstitious deadline. Yeah. It's like you gave your, you give yourself this deadline for no reason. And now you're stressing out to, you know, get to where you want. Um, It's like, yeah. When you pressured yourself for certain things, it just doesn't happen the way you want it to. That's what I'm also learning too, is I have to leave for this job this week on Saturday. And I had so many things that were scheduled so that I could finish them all. And then I was like, I actually could move half of this stuff to next week where I'm after I'm already in the new, my relocation. So Mm -hmm. why am I stressing myself out now when I have the opportunity to not like that's always on the table. To be stressed yeah. or to not be stressed. That's the Shakespeare yeah. of 2020 is like to be or not to be stressed. <laughs> How yeah. about and then like, And then when we are trying to relax, we make ourselves feel guilty for not doing what we're supposed to do when at that very moment, like this, I always tell my mom, she'll be stressing out in bed or 
will be doing something and she's stressing out about something that she has no control over at that moment, at that day, nothing. And I'm like, why are you stressing yourself out? Like one, this may not even concern you. It may not be any of your business. You have, you can't do anything at this very moment. You need to be asleep right now. Like (laughs) the stores are closed. I don't know. Like whatever you're stressing it about, you can't like, that's what I try to remind myself. Like there's nothing that I can do at this very moment to change it. So why stress? Right. I think that's so wise. There's a saying that I'm definitely going to mess up, but uh, let me see how, how does it actually go? It's like, uh, grant me, oh, I'm going to look it up. You know, I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like now that I have the internet right here at all times, um, it's technically called the serenity prayer. I've heard it in a couple self-help, um, I think it's like self-help quotes. I think it's on some uh, Mm -hmm. 12-step programs as well. People love this this prayer and I also do. So it says, oh no, I get 20% off. I don't need that right now. Um, It (laughs) says, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And it's like, what can we actually change and like change what you can and what you can't accept it. And just know, yeah, knowing the difference between those two things is that's where I get stuck. Yeah. Because I I don't even ask. What is it? Um, It's okay not to know or like it. How is it? You can't change what you can't change and you can't know what you can't know. Um, (gasps) So basically saying like, it's okay if you don't know something. Like if somebody says, oh, have you heard that song? And you're like, yeah, but technically you have it. You just say it because you don't want to be the odd one out. Yes. It's it's okay not to know what you don't know. Like you, yeah, just own it. And then um, you can't control what you can't control. I feel like when people do that and I can tell that they don't know this band and they're like, yeah, I think I have ever heard of that. And it's like, this is not serving anyone because if you don't know it, then you're not learning it. And then if you say you already know it and then you don't, and we start talking about it and I'm putting myself on both sides of this, it's like, well, now we're disconnected because you're lying to me and yourself. And now I just, now I don't feel like we're connected or authentic. And it's really taking a toll on our friendship. Like it's crazy. If I don't know something, I'll either be quiet and listen to other people talk about it so that I can glean something off of it. Or I'll ask questions. If I feel dumb, I'll be quiet. But at the same time, I won't say I know what I'm talking about. I I think it's more of like, it's okay not to know. It's okay. Like it's not going to make you less or higher than a person. It's not going to um devalue who you are just because you don't know um and I think once people understand that they'll be able to let go of that ego that they carry around that's all it is and I mentioned ego in and on and off of the podcast and some people when you mention ego it's like oh I don't have an ego that's your ego saying that because we are not our egos. Our egos are a part of us and we are, it's almost like, um, like meditating. If you've ever, do you meditate ever or have tried? Sometimes it's very yes. hard. <laughs> but like one of the things of meditation is like just seeing your thoughts as they come up and not judging them. So like almost seeing them like a little cloud. And so it's like, oh, that's a cloud of thought. 
I'm not going to think about it, but I can see that I am thinking about my almond milk. Okay. I'm thinking about that thing I said five years ago. That's a thought. And you know, and that's like, you don't have to go into these clouds. And I think that it like, you have an opportunity to not give that attention to something. I don't even know where I was going with that. I got so into the, that cloud <laughs> talk. <laughs> I, I, I know what that feeling is because majority of the time I get it when I'm in a podcast. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to say something and then it's going to lead to this. And I forgot where I was going with it. So that's so funny because like, I feel like it's a podcasting problem. Like, and, mm-hmm. like, cause everyone does that. Especially when you're like, you're on a tangent and you think about it and then you really mm-hmm. start thinking about it. And then it's like, well, we, we went somewhere with it. And at least we're there. People that have never been on a podcast, like it's always like, if you were on like a, a game show or on Jeopardy or something, you're like, oh, I would crush it because I know the answer from my couch. And then when you're yes. on the hot seat, you're like, uh, I can't function at all. It's that pressure. I know. It's and like, knowing that this will last forever on the internet. <laughs> right? Like today, uh, I, me and my social media manager needed to film some stuff and she's like, okay, Ashley, I'm ready to film and I'm about to turn around and do my little speech. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I just like (laughs) blank. That's why bloopers are so fun to watch. Like I've just like looked up on YouTube, like friends bloopers or office bloopers. And it's just like actors forgetting their lines because it, it makes people so human and it It takes like the seriousness out of it because like, honestly, I, I do this and you may be similar based off of like the half hour we've been talking is we've got a lot of similarities and it's like, we put so much pressure on ourselves when it could just be fun. And I think that's what the pandemic has taught me too. Like, I mean, laundry list of things it's taught me, but it's not that serious. Like we should be living our lives how we want to live them into the fullest that we can, because as we've seen, life could go away at any minute or life as we've known it. Yeah. I mean, it's just not taking yourself so serious. Um, I, in the past I've wanted to get more comfortable with public speaking and I took an improv class that would oh my god anybody should take an improv class just to get through life like if you need to get out of your shell or just learn how to get out of your head that Mm. is the best exercise ever because doing improv will get you out of your head if you're in your head in, in in an improv class you should just get out now because you have to be willing to be uncomfortable with yourself and not take yourself so serious that it teaches you how to just roll with the punches when you're talking, when you're doing a podcast, when you're doing an interview or anything like I've, I've benefited it so much that no, I don't want to be an actor or be a comedian or stand up or whatever on stage but at least it taught me how to be more comfortable with myself, how to be more of a human, be more gentle to myself, like make fun of myself or whatnot. Like, yeah, I just think improv class, everybody needs it in their life. Yeah, I feel I should do that again. I'm so in my head all the time. I, d- I took improv and I was horrible at it, but you're right. You don't have yeah, time to think. I was horrible at it too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it like, you just you. gotta go. Yeah, it just teaches you those tools to be able to, one, get out of a, like not get out of a conversation, but be in a conversation with somebody who 
might be hard to talk to. So you ask those open-ended questions instead of asking a yes or no question or um, telling stories or just trying to have fun, just going with the flow. Because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to act a certain way or to come off a certain way that we should just enjoy ourselves and it's having no thought behind it, just naturally being what you want to be. Or this is another good one is just feeding off of your partner's energy. Yes. And listening. Yes. Listening is a great one to details, everything. I mean, it just teaches you so much that I was like, anybody could use this class, like just hearing what everyone was there for. It made me realize that not everybody wants to be an actor or, um, do speeches or anything people are just here to one meet people know how to talk to people like it's it's just so interesting that'll be our first before we take a break that is our I mean we've talked about so much gold (laughs) like I just gotta say love what we've we've talked about but we'll end this first half on take an improv class to get out of your shell I think that's a really good piece of advice for anyone listening Okay, we'll take a quick break right now. And Ashley's going to give us an extra piece of advice you can find at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram. And we will be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. Before we get into our question from our listener, I want to know what are you currently obsessed with right now that other people need to know about in their lives to make it better? I mean, we talked about it in the beginning. I'm so obsessed with plants that my boyfriend's like, you can't buy any more plants, Ashley. And I'm like, no, I, yes, I can. (laughs) Like, who are you to tell me not to? Um, Because I I love how much it feels good in this room. So I'm obsessed with buying new babies. That's what I call all of them. I talk to all my plants. I name them. Um, Oh, amazing. This is is Miss Ruby right here. She's a diva. She's like, I don't know. I make up. This is so weird. And I'm a weird plant lady now because I know what that means. But like, (laughs) I feel like they all have personalities. 
Really? Yeah, because, well, especially this one up here, her leaves get all crazy. And like, if she doesn't like a certain spot, her leaves will just go down. And then when her oh leaves are really up, that's when she's sassy, I say it. And that's when she likes it. Like she's trying to be dominant to all the other plants. <laughs> I can't believe I'm I saying that. I love that. That is, I need to have, I mean, I, I have two like very sad lemon trees outside and I don't even remember the last time I watered them. Like, that's awful. I'm killing this plant. Oh my God. I, oh, this is horrible. I'm learning okay. all the facets of how I'm horrible. <laughs> you know what really helped me is having a app. It's called Plant, I think. I have to find find it for you. But it's pretty straightforward of a name. Right? Um, <laughs> Hold on. It's not just plant. Oh, cool. And it plant probably tells this. you. Oh, no. Plant picture this. this. It's called picture this and it's for your plants. And you take a picture of your plant and it will tell you the name, <gasps> where it comes from, um, how to take care of it, diagnose it if something's wrong with it. Like it could just pick it up from the leaves. Like if there's wow. a fungus or your roots are rotting or it'll give you suggestions on what to do. So for any people who want to get into plants and listening like this is the best app to support you like because I didn't really like look up YouTube or read any books or anything I just literally downloaded this app and every time I got a new plant I would put it on my chart and just like remember okay gotta water her um once a week or make sure that it has more sun and it tells you all this stuff so it's great Cool. That's it's a your great guide to app. being a great plant mother. Oh my green thumb guide. That's so yeah. cool. That would help so much. I'm going to download that immediately after this because the t- I don't <clears throat> some I got mine from the farmers market and they're like, I don't know, 3 times a week and I'm like, but when and wh- what are more <laughs> I need more information. Do you know who you're speaking to? I am like down to the T. I make a to-do list for my to-do lists. Like I need to know exactly mm-hmm. what to do. So this okay, app. I love that. I should that. be a sponsor of this app now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> picture so this. People of it. <laughs> that is that is incredible. I'm trying to think of if I'm very into anything right now that I could also help anyone listening. What am I into? That is helpful. Right. Um, oh, like- I'll go with another app. There's an app I'm using right now called Memrise. M E M R I S E. They can sponsor me as well. Um, But it's an app to learn how to speak a different language. And the cool thing about this one is like, there's like Duolingo and there's Pimsleur and there's all these other ones that people could use. But the reason why I like this one is because it has little videos of people speaking in that native language. Because if you're learning French, listening to someone be like, Je m'appelle. It's like nobody talks like that. They shrink all their words together. And then you can hear little clips of people, actual French people speaking. So you can get used to the dialect and used to the accent. And I like it a, a whole lot. Memorize. Learning. French. <laughs> That's why oh. I was like, I can only say je m'appelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. I love that. It's, do you speak any languages? You've got to speak like a oh million. My God. I wish I'm not that talented. Being dyslexic, you only learn how to (laughs) (laughs) one language and that's English. Um, But no, I do. I understand Spanish, um, everything. But when it comes to talking, I'm not very fluent in it. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody, it's mostly Spanglish. um, But I I have to think of the way my mother would say it in order for me to 
speak it because I don't know how to read it or write it or anything like that. So it's I can't visually see it. I just have to kind of picture or hear picture how my mom would say it and then right. I can say it. <laughs> so, oh, it's so exciting though. I know. I, I mean, wish I my can, parents could speak different languages. That would be so cool. It, I mean, it's, it's great, right? But now you're <laughs> learning it, which is great because the older you get, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. So kudos and to then you for learning. I'll speak that. to my kids in French and then look at that. Exactly. I've, I've broken the cycle yet again. <laughs> okay, we're going to turn to our question now. We have a 24-year-old. She's She or they are, is turning 24 soon. So let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Native American Navajo turning 24 soon, recently engaged and currently jobless. I know that I want to go back to school to become an esthetician, but till then, I'm struggling with other projects I wanted to fulfill Uh, Before I fully commit to a career, like continuing my art and painting, maybe write a children's book, uh, competition shooting, and spread awareness of my culture, because it's not every day you get to share stories of growing up on a reservation with no running water or electricity. I feel like I've always been an odd belt because I've always loved meeting new people. I was always raised to keep an open mind. I wanted to start a podcast and just interview just about everybody from dancers to makeup artists to local police. Hunters, cat lovers, I know it's a wide variety of diverse people, but I'm afraid of the negative feedback of that I might get. How do you handle negativity, and am I stretching my goals too far? Thank you. Wow. There's a lot going on. Oh, my gosh. So how diverse yeah. in general. So many of all the things that she wants to do are very diverse, too, before picking a career. This is like I a mean, very open-minded definitely. person. It is. And there's so many things that she wants to do, which she can. And it seems like she's a very creative person that kind of want to tap into everything and kind of see what she wants. Like, I mean, the first advice I would give her is try everything once. Um, And maybe trying out all these different fields before she dives into um, she wants to go to school for cosmetology, correct? Esthetician, yeah. Mm-hmm. Esthetician. Um, so I, I think this is a time right now to kind of explore those different avenues that she wanted to always be able to do. Um, because I know once you go into school, you dedicate, you breathe, eat, and sleep what it is that you're studying. So that may not give her the opportunity to be able to um, do all those other things or maybe going to school and then afterwards could be it. Um, but she's so young that she can do it all. I just don't I pressure know. yourself to do it all right now. I know being 24 is such a gift. And honestly, she mentioned that she was currently jobless, which in its own and right in, is a gift too. Yeah. All that and time that you can. And, yeah. You said engaged what? That she's engaged too. She's newly engaged. So Maybe she feels that stress. Yes, congrats to her. Like (laughs) maybe she feels that stress of like her partner, you know, working or her not working. Um, I guess it's just really finding out what their situation is and if it's okay that she doesn't have to be a provider and she can go and test out those fields. Yeah, I think trying everything once is such a good 
mantra, if you will, of being like, I, I, for so long, I feel like I thought I knew what I wanted. And it's only now I'm like 29 now. And I'm starting to go like, I only know what I like now because I actually have tried everything. I remember hating oysters my entire life, but then I like had never had an oyster. And it's like, well, where is this coming from? You're just like making up what you hate. Give it a shot. If you hate the oyster after you eat it, then you don't like oysters and you can try again in another seven years when your taste buds change. And that's the thing. Like we are ever evolving and we're always changing. I remember seeing something online that was like, if people tell me, wow, you've changed, I respond with thank you because that is good. Change is great. Oh my God. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I like, it just, it, it struck me because I've had so many friends who have told me that I've changed mm-hmm. and I'm like, is that bad? that I've changed I was like we have to change every time we learn something we're changing the way we move we're changing who we are because it benefits us and we want to make ourselves better so shame on you for thinking that changing is bad it is not I just I like for so long, I also thought changing was bad because it people have the the wrong ne- uh, connotation with it. They're like the way that they say it, it's like, oh, you've changed, but it's like, well, you haven't. I think that's the problem. Let's be changing together. Let's help each other change. Like, if you're not changing, you're not learning. You're not growing. You're stagnant, and oh, you're not exactly. interested in you're growing just, like, at all. Plateaued in this one spot, and then you complain about being in this one spot. And how you can't get yourself out. Right. Change is, I I think it's like the best thing that you could do. And and as humans, I know that we have our creature comforts and we like routine, but change, it's like, change is like this sexy little thing that you can't really catch if you, if you don't like, how do I say this in the right way? It it feels like this thing that is um, taboo and that you shouldn't be doing because what works works. Like it's the safety mentality of like, oh, we found something that has worked for us. So we're going to do that forever. But what happens even in like you designing clothes, it's like, which has been wildly successful, but you are able to transition with the times. A pandemic hit. This is my first pandemic. I'm assuming it's your first pandemic. And oh, yeah. you, <laughs> you have like the strength and the wherewithal and the leadership in order to like recreate yourself within Pivot. the times. Right. And that's such a beautiful and invaluable quality. If you were like, no, I've never made a mask before. I don't do masks. I only make clothing and jewelry. It's like, well, then you're, you put yourself in a box and now you're not. Yeah. And now you're stuck here. The world will always need clothes and jewelry, but right now the world needs masks. So you've done like a very noble thing and a very good thing for your business and yourself and the world to go, I can see the bigger picture, like you were saying, and now we're making masks and that is changing what you were doing before and it's servicing everyone. For the person who asked that question or was wanting advice on her life, exactly what you're saying is what she needs to hear because I know how great it might sound and how much you want to go into being a um, 
oh my gosh, not cosmetology, esthetician. Yes. But what is it in the world? Like what? I guess what I'm trying to get at is when I saw that the pandemic was happening, I knew that if my head was above waters right now, just trying to sell clothing, that I was going to sink because nothing that was going to change going into this pandemic, like it was just going to shut down my business completely. And it's like, okay, this is the time that we're at right now. I know that I love to be able to help people in impacts. Like I want to do something to help the world. And what is it? Can, what can I do with my business to help? And so I see that all the things that she wants to do is she wants to help and she wants to create. So what can you do with your talents and your ability and what you want to learn and be able to give back or to help or to have a successful job or something? I think it's just really thinking about what's going to what what you want to do and how can it help with what is going on in the world? Because if being an esthetician might not help you right now because people may not have that money to go out and pay for those kind of things. I don't know. I'm just, when I heard all of this was happening, all I could think about was the market crashing back in 2008, where it was just madness for all of us. I forgot what we called it. Um, I want to say like the great depression, but it was just like a really bad time for us financially. And so we don't know if that's going to happen again during this time. Like now we're seeing people losing her, their jobs and her, she doesn't have a job. So it's like, we do kind of have to think about the career that we want to do and make the right choices. But I also think she has this great time where she can focus on herself and focus what brings joy to her life and really think about what it is that you want to do on this next journey. Cause I feel like what is going on in the world is a huge pause on everyone's life mm -hmm. on everyone. Like I felt like we were flying everywhere. We were spending <laughs> money, not caring, living our lives that our world just came at a stop. And it's like, nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And it really showed, I don't want to say it showed people's true colors or anything like that, but it just showed how people can deal with change and can't deal with change who's going to sink and who's going to flow, basically. Yeah. And I feel like in all of the the jobs that she was talking about, there's so much opportunity for her to give back and really feel like she can make a difference in people's lives. And I think the I think the the main part about it is like her being afraid of negative feedback because in all of the, th right. the things that she mentioned, there is opportunity for negative feedback. But I think going back to what we were saying about really focusing out and being there to service everyone, even if you get negative feedback, if you're doing something that's helping yourself in the world, the negative feedback doesn't really matter because you're yeah, already making exactly. a difference. Like and I, I think could that probably tell you all the negative feedback that I've gotten from making masks. Oh, you're just capitalizing on, on this thing that everybody's going through um you're just trying to make money um you're not caring about yeah I can go on with it but at the end of the day I really don't care because I know what I'm doing is helping people and I enjoy doing it no matter what like 
yeah, I can go into so many things where I've sacrificed a lot of, you know, for myself just to continue doing this business because I love it. Right. And it's, if you had stopped making, if you made one mask or one batch of masks, and then you get these negative comments saying you're capitalizing, and then you stop making masks, well, then how many people are you not helping because you let that one negative comment get to you and your good intentions? Exactly. You know, like, how long did it take you to, to get kind of used to getting negative comments? Like after being in the public eye, how long was it an uphill battle until you were like, oh, I actually don't need to listen to this? Um, it's been a while because it's how much you practice the yeah. work. Um, so after Project Runway, it was really hard for me to listen to people's criticism, negativity, comments. There would be a hundred positive comments and then there would be that one negative comment that would outweigh all the positive comments. So it was really working on that for myself because I would get a couple of negative comments here and there, or even peers of mine would talk negative, negative about me and it would really affect me because I'm like, well, if they think I'm like that, then everyone else is going to listen to them. But at the end of the day, I was just like, I don't care. Um, so just having to let that go and then not um, being happy with myself, like, having a lot of insecurities, being depressed, it didn't help, you know, not working, not trying to help myself, like feed into those negative comments. Like it does, I don't know how to say this. I'm like trying to find the words because like I've dealt with it so much that I want to help people be able to get over that hump of like not caring anymore of people's opinions because like I said it's so freeing um before this pandemic I felt like I was in a really bad place where I was just like I'm not inspired I'm not motivated like I don't know I don't want to design anymore like I want to be a designer but designing clothing doesn't give me the same satisfaction that I used to get so I started hating myself because I didn't think I was talented anymore for not wanting to design. And once this whole pandemic happened and I started feeding myself with something different, something that was a little bit more enjoyable, and then it made everything more enjoyable. And then when somebody had one negative comment, I could laugh at it. Yes. Like to be able to have the power to laugh at a negative comment and not let it bother you is so powerful it's like, magic yeah like uh i have this sweater that says fat bitch on it i don't know if i can swear on here yes, but you can. it says that on there and every time i wear that sweater i feel so powerful yes because to see the look on people's faces like oh honey you're not fat oh honey don't call yourself a bitch this is power because you no longer have the power of that word so you can call me a fat bitch and I don't care (laughs) yeah so it's just having that kind of mindset on things yeah so freeing it's for me it took so long and I think that's like a key thing to remember with anybody feeling negativity or fear of or fear of doing anything because of 
paralyzed by fear, which is what it's kind of seeming with our girl here is I feel like the more that you have underneath you, like what you're saying, it's like when you started to do this other hobby that was filling you and then it like kind of balanced you out and made everything better. It's almost like you're building a house and if you're a house and each thing that's good about you that you love about yourself or each hobby that brings you joy is like another um, I don't know how houses are built. Um, like brick, structure. I guess. <laughs> yeah. The structure of it is different. Yeah, you just have more foundation. You have more strength yeah, under there. So if you have one little termite eating the wood, first of all, bitch, this house is made of cement and brick and we don't have wood for you to chomp <laughs> yeah. down. You know, like exactly. even though you're here, you can't chomp down because we don't have yeah. wood for you. Like that's how powerful thinking highly of yourself and, and diversifying your interests to make you feel good is because I've been there too. And the thing about being human is that we're talking about this from a space of seeing the other side at least once. But the thing is like, we're going to go through those positions again Many too times. and not, and not know what to do. And then it's going to, it's the whole thing. I mean, that's the beauty and the kind of the bittersweetness of being human. But the cool thing about being humans amongst other people is that we can remind ourselves that there is another side when other humans aren't, can't really see it. That's so great. Like it's okay to be afraid. Like, yes, sometimes things are going to be scary, but it's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable because that lets you know that you're learning like you're doing something different. So, um, the more you allow your fears to scare you, the more that you're never going to do that thing that you could have benefited. You could have learned that it wasn't for you or it was for you. Or if you didn't do that thing, you're always going to weigh it over, like hold it over yourself that you never did it. Yes. So it's like, just do yourself a favor. and Just do it. Because I was against doing masks. I was like, I'm a designer. I don't make masks. That's going to be a complete, like a horrible look on me. But then I was like, Ashley, who gives a fuck? (laughs) You are doing something that is helping your community. And that's all that matters. Forget about all these influencers, these bloggers and what they have to say. Because I always was afraid of their opinions or their comments Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like they're not paying my rent they're not you know doing my job they're not doing anything like so don't let what you see other people consume you while you're trying to do your own thing like when it feels good and it feels genuine it's going to be right right and the thing about listening so much to other people it's like it still gets to me. I'm nowhere near invincible for this, but every now and then it'll get to me. But the thing that I have to remember is if someone says something bad about me, first of all, that says more about them than it says about me. It's their thought, which yeah, they're entitled to their own thoughts. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people just want a rise out of you for attention. And the thing that I think that is the most vital to remember is that that's less important than how I think about myself for many reasons. But just like as a very practical thing is my thoughts are going to be with me from the minute I'm born to the minute I die. I'm not going to remember blogger mommy 411. You know, I'm not going to remember what they said about me 
when I'm taking care of my own shit 20 years from now, but you know who I will be listening to? My internal dialogue. So if you get that right, it shouldn't matter what people say because exactly what you say is the most important. They're not in your shoes. They're not living your life. This is your life. Like, do what makes you feel good. And that's all that matters. As long as you enjoy what you're doing, don't do a job just because you think it's going to make you look a certain way. It's going to make you be successful, but wouldn't you rather enjoy what you're doing than going to a job that you hate doing? Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting with, with all of her time. And she mentioned that she wanted yeah. to do podcasts and uh, write a children's book and art and paintings. Like these are things that feed your soul. And like you can't, tr- the cool thing about it is you can change your mind any day. You can change what you do any day. So exactly. knowing that just complete freedom to go hog wild and figure out what feeds you and brings you joy. And then that'll take you down roads that you didn't even plan on, didn't even list yeah. here, especially with how open-minded she is already. Like, I'm excited to see her at 29, her being 24 right now with all of these goals. Exactly. I mean, exciting. if I could go back and tell, look at myself when I was 24 and been like, just chill out, Ashley. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said you're 29, right? Yeah. I just turned 29 a couple of weeks ago. So it's like, you you're like okay now this is adult you thought adulthood was back then it's like no it's now and moving forward like I literally feel like I just started my life this year crazy (laughs) it's insane because when you're 25 you're like oh my god I'm 25 I'm almost 30 I Mm -hmm. I had it figured out well I guess it's like you have it you think you have it figured out at your early 20s and then at 25 you're like "Mm, I think I had this wrong and then like towards like 27 28 you're like oh shit's getting bad and then by 29 you're like oh oh okay so is this rebirth because I think so oh my (laughs) completely like you is spot on every fucking age because like when I did Project Runway I was 24 23 24 had my birthday I was on the show when I turned 24 and so like coming off of the show winning people are like wow you're so young like you accomplished so much like what are you gonna do with your life like Oh my God, I wish I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Like you're already starting and it's like, shit, (laughs) how do I, how do I plan goals now that I like, what other life goals do I have for myself? Because I've just accomplished one of the biggest ones that I have that I don't know what I want now. So it's like, I thought I knew what I wanted and I was like oh my gosh I'm only 25 now what am I gonna do for the rest of my life like am I gonna have another moment in my life but now that I'm 29 I'm almost done with my 20s it's just like your 20s is where you get to experiment figure out who you are as a person get to do all these crazy things you get to build moments of regret and experiences and learn and all this stuff like enjoy your 20s because your 30s no I'm just kidding it's gonna be a whole (laughs) different game 
Exactly. I mean, I think the only thing that would be like, I don't know how to talk to address that because all of these things are, she does have so much time. She has so much um, opportunity to do all this stuff, but the currently jobless thing, it's like, how do I pay for all this stuff in order to see if I like it or not? I feel like there's so many things on YouTube, so many um, kind of resources that are free to us on the internet. Exactly. It's, it's how smart or how creative you get with the supplies or the things that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So YouTube is your best friend, you know, Um, taking these free um, courses that a lot of people are doing. Like uh, for instance, I just found out that Jeffrey Patrick Starr, not Jeffrey Star. Ooh, let's get that straight. Patrick <laughs> Star was doing free makeup classes. And awesome. he was like, it's free. It's a Zoom call. You get to talk to me. You get to ask me all these questions. So it's basically having your ear to the ground and being aware and going to your sources and just being being useful and not like a victim of like, I can't do this because I don't have X, Y, and Z get creative, be helpful. Don't stop yourself just because you don't have something. Yeah. I feel like, especially now 2020 and with the pandemic is like, we have, I mean, if you have the internet, like you you can do anything. I think you could, I've learned how to do so many things off of YouTube. It is crazy. I've learned, I learned how to dance off YouTube. I learned how to sew. I mean, also I'm not like you, but like I can sew something and like learned how to do that off of YouTube. So I, I think everything is in your favor right now. And mm-hmm. as long as you don't let the negativity get to you, I don't think you're stretching your goals too far because you can change what you want to do at any given time. If something exactly. you try for something, you didn't like it, move on. You have, a, it, even from your voicemail, you had like seven to list off of the top of your head. I bet you have a list of like a hundred. So just like go, go down one by one, maybe do one yeah. thing a week and see how you feel about it until something really feels like it's your calling or really yeah. feeds you. Then you can go down that Avenue and see how far that road will take you. And it's also about being patient with yourself, being kind. That's a huge one. Yeah. If something doesn't take off it right in the beginning, don't throw it out. If you're not having a good time, throw it out. If you're having a good time, yeah. but it seems a little hard, keep with it because it's like the hardest things give the best reward. Yeah. Always. Definitely. Always. Okay. Before we end, I wanted to ask you to give your younger self <laughs> one piece of advice or like a like a thing, maybe not advice. Like a pep talk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like something that like maybe you know now that yeah. you would tell your younger self. Um, oh my God. It's so hard because like I can think of so many things that I want to tell my younger self, but my younger self just wanted to be held and mm. you know, told all these things, but like it's hard. I guess I was teased my whole life. So just being held and told that you're beautiful and you're enough maybe wouldn't um, resonated with me at that age. But just having that that support system or um, let's see, not be so sensitive, Ashley. I want to cry right now as I'm saying this. Don't be so sensitive. 
Don't be so hard on yourself. You're a beautiful and talented person who will find your purpose in life. And you did. And that's yes. so apparent. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I love Thank that. You. And the cool thing is we can tell ourselves that anytime we need to. And sometimes it won't resonate because it's us telling us. But if you're listening yeah. to this and resonate with this, tell someone in your life what you need to hear because you're not alone and we never, we never really are, which is, no, which is great. Most definitely. Like there's moments that like, I wish I could hear my grandmother, you know, tell me how beautiful I am or how much she loves me or like, because mm-hmm. she was my everything. So like, sometimes I just, you know, have to have those moments to myself where I have to be that cheerleader that she was in my life or just know right. that she's like passing these energy towards me. Yeah. I think that's so special. You are such a beautiful person. I'm so honored to have you on the pod. Thank you. Thank you. As I'm crying and trying to wipe my face. (laughs) My favorite versions of people is like them on their birthday and them crying. Like, I love it because it's so authentic. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And I, I really loved our conversation um, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm going to have a, the greatest day because of it. But if anyone wants more of you, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me anywhere on ashleynelltipton.com, any social media sites, designer ant or Ashley Nell Tipton. Amazing. Please check her out. Get some masks because you're helping her and the world and yourself. Yes. Come on, <laughs> California. We do not need another lockdown. Oh <laughs> my gosh, please. Let's get it um, together, California. If anyone listening has a sticky situation <laughs> or burning concern, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age and we will do the best we can, which in this case, I think A+. plus. Yeah, I think we did has, a great. <laughs> we gave her so much advice from experience. Totally. Um, everyone have a, a safe pandemic. It's like, it sounds so weird to say, but stay safe, be smart, wear a mask, and we'll see you next week. Well, we'll see you in two weeks on <laughs> Just a Tip. Bye. Yay. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>